I, I really don't know, and it doesn't matter a lot to me, because I love you just the way you are, not the way I think you should be. But, but I really don't know if you came ready for me, because I can't control that. But I do know this much, I came ready for you. Oh yeah, tell your neighbors that he's ready for you. Oh yeah, you can be seated. Come on now, I tell you, I'm ready. I was, re ooh, I was ready at 5.30 this morning, I was ready for you. I want to ask you, are you living a life God can even bless? You know, God don't bless no mess. Are you living a life God can bless? See, I kicked off a new series last week, and it's, I don't do series. I do revelation upon revelation. I, I don't do anything unless I want a certain outcome. So people grab me out there, Pastor, you didn't preach long enough. Pastor, you preached too long. Pastor, you preached just right, like it's little Goldilocks and the three bears. Let me tell you something. I preach until I get the outcome I prepared for. So... If it's 15 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes, you welcome right there's those four doors. You just go have a ball with yourself because I came ready for you. Oh, yeah, I came ready for you. Mm -mm -mm. So I kicked this series off last week entitled Closing the Gap. Anybody been closing the gap this week? Come on now. So, 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 see, you can tell who's here last week because they responded even with worship, right? Because daddy said, no, 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 I'm a, I'm a participation preacher. I, I can't have that, you know, you looking at me and I'm shouting at you. We're, we're a participate. you're a participating audience, aren't you? Come on, are you a participating audience? So for a month, we were just pouring into you about being all in. And, and, and that's what was being talked about this morning, being all in. Now, my desire for you was to get you stirred up, ready just to jump all in. Anybody been jumping all in in some stuff, right? Then the Holy Spirit grabbed me a week and a half ago, so I was even preparing about two weeks ago, and said, now I want you to give them tools to really get the most out of being all in. I mean, it's good to get emotional. It's good to get excited. It's good. That's good. But what I want you to realize today, what my goal is, I'm going to go over some of the things I went over last week, but I got some nuggets that's going to rock you this morning in a good way because we have a lot of people that's getting back off vacations and things, and that's awesome, and we got some still out this week, but we're getting there. But I want to refresh you, but I'm going to dig deep down into those three core beliefs I shared with you last week. Let me help you with this. First of all, Wherever my focus goes, my energy flows. I said, well, you, you, it'd be good for you to write that down, type it in your little phone, do something, because you'll be needing that come Monday morning, about 6.37. You'd be, wherever your focus goes, your energy flows. My energy follows my focus. If I focus on what I don't have and focus on what I can't have and focus on what's not happened yet 
am I going to have a good level of energy? You know, you know, we, we, we know, you know, the world, we call them, you know, God told us not to worry, right? We're not to worry. Now, Christians don't worry, right? We don't worry. We're faith people. We just stress. You don't, I'm worried to death. You don't say that no more. You learned that. You got corrected too many times. You got convicted. No, he said, I'm just really stressed. I'm okay. I'm just really stressed. No, you're worried. Stress and worry is the same thing. An achiever is stressed and a follower is worried. Whether you're a follower or an achiever, you're worried. And what does that do? What, what, can anybody give me the posture of what a worried, stressed person? Come up here, somebody step. Come here, come here, man. Come on up here. Yeah, you're right on the front. Don't hide from me. Get up here, Naomi, son. I forgot your name. Come here, come here, come here. Get up here quick now. Come on, man. I'm going to look like you when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Look at here. So, so I want you to just show us if there's someone that's been stressed out, they're worried, they just feel hopeless, what kind of posture would they have? their facial expression and how would their body, if they were just standing around you walked in the store and they're looking at groceries or something, but you could see they're worried, they're stressed, they got that heavy. What would they look like? Down, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't be smiling, wouldn't they? They'd just be what, like? They'd just be like. Now, someone that just got some awesome news and, and man, they are fired up. This is going to be an amazing day. I just got to stop and get these groceries, but, man, there's some amazing stuff getting ready to happen afternoon. I can't wait. This is going to be the greatest day of my life. How would they be standing and looking at the groceries right now, at the, at the stuff? They'd be smiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Clark Kent thing. You know what I'm saying? Why? Hey, thanks, bro. Come on. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Come on. Why is that? Wherever your focus goes, your energy flows, or the lack thereof. Where do emotions come from? Anybody know? They come from your mind. Actually, they come from your neurological system, but your neurological system operates by what you think. So whatever I think on, I get, or I don't get. And that's where emotions come from. So when we say, well, well, what's a faith walk? We're fighting a good fight. What kind of fight? Good fight, faith. Yeah, we are. We're fired up. You get out in the car like, oh, crap. Oh, Friday's coming. I don't know if I, I don't know if my payday even be there. No. What kind of fight are you fighting? You're not fighting things. You are fighting a battle. But the battle is a, not a bad battle, not an evil. It's a good fight. Why is it a good fight? Because you have an unfair advantage. Because it is a good fight of faith. And faith is what? Knowing and trusting God. Faith is what? Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is what? Everybody say it on the count of three. I want you to say the whole verse. Count of three. Faith, Hebrews 11, 1. One, two, three. Say it with me. All right. Now the rest of you can join in with them and I want you to stand up. Stand up with me. You ain't sitting on me. I'm standing. You can stand up yourself. Everybody but Miss Essie, she don't have to stand up. She's done her standing, praise God. Come on now. On the count of three, I want you to shout it out just like you're shouting because UK just hit a three-pointer and won the game or just throw the touchdown and beat LSU in a triple overtime. That's, I want you on the count of three because this will change your life more than that. Believe I know it's a shock, but believe me if you get this in you. On the count of three, Hebrews 11, one. One, two, three. 
No, no. You, you worried about your rhythm and your pitch. I don't really care. I want it loud and proud. I want it sloppy and slobbery. And I want it, ah, faith is. I don't care what, you know, I want faith is. Something. I, I've never been in a fight like, hey, brother, you're going to fight? Yeah, we're going to fight, brother. You know, how do you fight? It's how I fight. You fight like, no. You're fighting a fight. And if you're in the fight, it's a good fight because the Bible says you win. Oh, you. Now give it to me and I'll let you sit down. On the count of three, I mean give it to me. One, two, three. One more time. the devil going to go on down the street to another church. He's not going to mess with you. Give yourself a big hand and give Jesus a big shout. You can be seated. So I've been talking to you, started last week about closing the gap. And we gave you a, a couple handouts. We gave you a handout last week and I'll, I'll get into one of these handouts here in a moment. Uh, but as I look at this, closing the gap, closing the gap is really to do with what kind of standard setter you are. So let, let's look, let's put it on the screen, guys. I know it's a little early, but put that one up there I gave out last week, the, color, the one with, I don't know, it may have colors on it, maybe black, but I don't really care, but whatever it is. But I gave this out last week, closing the gap. Yeah, I say they are alive and well. But anyway, there it is. Well, that's the new one. Okay, we'll just leave that up there then. We'll just leave the new one up. This week, we gave you one you can fill in the blanks. Last week, we just gave you one that gave you an ideal of career, finance, personal growth. Personal growth has to do with your, your leadership skills, your spiritual walk with God, your health, all that. So we got all those circles. And if you notice, there's little numbers from one to 10 coming from the center out. And you look on that, oh, there it is. Now we can go back to the other one. Okay, God bless you, thank you. So the exercise I wanted you to do last week is to go around that circle and choose the things that you need to close the gap on. Now, just leave that up there, guys, for just a minute. What's closing the gap? Closing the gap, I'll use me for illustration. So about a month ago, I said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I said, I wanna, I wanna get my weight down to a place that's healthy. Now, I've tried that before, and I'll do it, and I'll get it down and get it back and get down. But, 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 but see, I changed my lever or my leverage. I call it a big stick. So, so you got to have a big stick to have a sustained transformation that will last. So, so, so I had to set a goal. Now, I had to first come to the realization, what's my standard for my weight? It wasn't real hard. You know, you would think, well, my standard, let me think. I would want this kind of body fat. I would want this. To, no, no, let me help you. Here's your standard. You might put your hands over your eyes, but you go, up on that scale and you look. And whatever that is, that be your standard. That's the same way your money, your relationships, your walk with God, wherever you're at is your standard. But if I got a standard from one to 10 and it's going out on one of those lines there for a box is, let's say physical or health, and I got a standard of one to 10 and I'm at a three, then that's my standard. The only way I'm gonna close the gap is to take that three toward that 10. Now, 
the unfair advantage you have over the world, you have a thing called faith. So your unfair advantage is you can be standing at a three, but stepping out in faith to accelerate time to give you the power and the force and energy to close the gap, you can begin to see and believe that you're at that 10 and you can begin to close the gap. But here's the key, here's the key. God's not gonna do it for you. We talked about that last week and we're gonna dive deep on that. So he's gonna dive deep on that. Just tell you that he's gonna dive deep. Okay, two people's good. I said, tell your neighbor, he's going, dive deep. See, good. So, so, so when we're closing the gap, whether it's on our marriage or a relationship we're in and we're single, or whether it's our finances, where we're at financially, whether it's our health, whether it's leadership skills, personal growth, whatever it is, we got to come to the realization of what is my current standard. Then I have to decide what my outcome is. OPA, O-P-A, what is OPA? OPA first is what outcome do I want, okay? And so I look at that 10, maybe I say, I eventually wanna get to a 10, but the next 30 days, I wanna go from a three to a five, and then in the next 60 days, I wanna go to a five to an eight, but within the next 60 days after that, I wanna be on that 10, that's where I wanna be, your ideal, say mine was my ideal weight. Now. My ideal weight is not gonna be motivated enough just to lose weight, because I still, you know, have influence, I'm significant, my wife thinks I'm hot, whether I'm 20 pounds, 30 pounds heavier or not, I think she's hot, so we got that. So, so some people, it's not like I gotta lose weight to you know, keep my marriage together, or anything like that. So, you know, I wanna have a better appearance, I want clothes to fit, it's less depressing, looking in a closet, trying to find something, you know, and you know, so, so yeah, it's all good. But, but what really gave me my P, which is the purpose or the why, OPA, what's the outcome you want? P, the purpose or the why. So what is the purpose or the why? The why is my lever or my leverage, my big stick. So if I got a boulder up here that's a 500-pound boulder, a 300-pound boulder, let's say, and I can't really pick it up, but I can get a crowbar, put something under it, get under that crowbar, and I can rock that thing. But if I get a long enough crowbar and get it under far enough, I could probably, if I triple the four-foot crowbar to a 12-foot, I could probably just flip that thing over onto something to be hauled out. Why? I didn't change any motion or anything I did. I just got a bigger stick. See, see, you want to fix your marriage, get a bigger stick. Now, don't use it on them. I'm talking about you because you, you want to change your marriage. It doesn't start with he or she. It starts with me. That, that's where the change happens, right? So I don't have any control over how my spouse reacts, but I have control over the state I'm in. Mm, quiet in the Holy Ghost house. So, so, so what is it? OPA, O, the outcome I want, which is that gap I want to close. P, which is the purpose or the why. Your passion comes from your why. So I had to say, well, I got down in some of my weight and then I fluctuate back and forth. So what did I do? To fill that gap that we have up there, put that back up there, fill that gap so they could see it even though they got it in their hand. So what is it? OPA. So now what happens is I had to, I had to increase my why. I was like that four-foot crowbar. I go back and forth, back and forth. So then when I increased my why, what did I do? I had to change what I believe. See, some of you believe certain things. Well, I'm just big boned. Well, you can be big boned and still be thin. I mean, you know, we got all of our excuses, right? So, so here's the key. 
I had to change my why. I had to increase my leverage, my stick. And what did I do? I said, wait a minute. What do I really want more than, yeah, it's nice to be, you know, your appearance be better, clothes fit better and all that. But what really put me over the top was I want more emotional and physical energy. I want to feel better all day and evening. I want to sleep better at night. I want to be tired from doing what I love to do and I'm passionate about doing. I want to have emotional and physical energy like, like I did when I was 16 or 18. I want to go into meetings. I'm the one fired up. I don't have to get myself fired up. I'm walking at a different level of faith and energy than anyone else because I got a big stick. Uh-huh. So what do I do? What do I do? So when I put that meaning, so what is a belief? Anybody remember from last week what a belief is? Huh? Well, feeling's the first word. What is it? It's, it's, it's the feeling of certainty of what the meaning of something is. It's the feeling of certainty of what the meaning of something is. So if I'm certain, I got this feeling. You know, when you're kind of not sure, how do you feel? You kind of know. You say, well, how do, what do you think about that? We're getting ready to take this big step of faith and we're going to do it in seven days. What do you think? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, I'm not know, but I just don't know if I feel we're ready for that. What is it? That's an uncertain feeling, right? Yeah, but faith is not feelings. Faith is not your five senses. No, but you got to operate through your five senses to get into faith. So if I'm walking in faith or a state of faith, of energy of God, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, at a level both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, look out, devil. Right? So what do I do? I use my big stick to leverage whatever it is I need faith on. So when I put that lever, I want emotional energy at a higher level. I want physical energy at a higher level. Then I had to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, I got to give meaning to it. What if I don't change the what, what I'm putting in my body and the way I use my body over the next year? How will my life be? I'm 56. How will my life be? Okay, if I don't change it for two years, how will my life be? If I don't change what I'm doing, just keep doing what I'm doing, where will I be in five years? And, and if I don't change it then, where will I be in 10 years? Will I have more energy, more emotional strength to make decisions? Where will I be in 20 years? If I don't change, just keep going the route I'm going. Okay, now that's your motivation, if you're right, even if you're even here, right? So now you, you add that up. Then you go on the other side of the line and say, what if I only put good things in my body that give me energy, not caffeine, but good foods, greens, this and that, and some good protein, meats, whatever. But I only put good things in my body for the next year, and I'm just going to start walking 15 minutes a day, I want to get up to 30 minutes a day. I'm going to walk every day, seven days a week, at least 30 minutes a day, but I only put good things in my body that my body needs to fuel my body that are healthy for me. What will I be like in one year? What will I be like in two years? What will I be like in five years? 10 years? 20 years? Now, is that a difficult decision to make? The only reason the decision is not difficult because you focused on that big chocolate cake and focused on that big Pepsi Cola 
that big Mountain Dew or sweet tea if you please. Well, why I just have to have it because I can't work. If I can't work, I get fired. I don't have any energy. Well, you're not going to work after you're dead. What are you saying, preacher? I don't want to get too deep into this and get stuck, but what I'm trying to do is give an illustration to you. God gave you the greatest gift you could ever have. It's the gift of choice. You got to set your standard of where you're at right now and know where you are. Look at the gap and get ever how big of a lever you have to get on the left side of that negative stuff and as big a lever as you got to get on that positive side and then you put your focus and energy not on where you were but where you're going. That's called momentum. Now, you didn't just make a decision when you decided I want to, don't want to die, I want to live, I don't want to die weak, I want to live strong, you want to, okay, that's still not a decision. The word decision in the Latin means incision, like a surgeon, it's cutting into the matter. It's an incision, it becomes one, it cuts in and it's in it, an incision. A decision doesn't happen just because a surgeon, and we got a couple of surgeons in here, so because David over here, if, he, if he's getting ready to do a surgery, he could, he, could, he could study it, know it, and done a 1,000 of them, 10,000. But the next surgery he's doing, if he's got his scalpel and he doesn't make an incision, he can do all he wants to that person, but no surgery's gonna happen because he didn't go in. He didn't come incision. He didn't come inside the matter. Change can't happen out here. Change happens in here. Yeah, that's good. What are you doing? You're changing your lever. You're changing, I call it my big stick. Sometimes you got to get a bigger stick because you got a big fight. And so I said a goal, usually I said a goal, I'm going to lose 15 pounds or 20. I said, no, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. And that's my goal. And, I, and my goal is in 90 days to lose 30 pounds. And so I knew even if I get a B minus, I'll lose 25 pounds. If I get a C, satisfactory, I'll lose 15 pounds. That's better than just nothing. But once you get the energy going, it doesn't matter if it's that or relationships, finances, ministry, whatever. When you start doing it, what happens? All of a sudden, momentum happens. Then your energy changes and you want to eat better because you feel better and you get more done and you're less stressed because you're getting stuff done you've been worried about and stressed. So, so, so what takes place is the power of your incision, your decision, dissecting, your decision, dissecting. So a decision is not when I get my strategy. A decision is not when I recognize my story. Well, I'm just big bone or I'm 56 now. You know, I'm not 26 like I used to be or yeah, I don't have time. Oh, you don't, Okay. So I guess you worked all the way up this morning until you came to church. You didn't sleep any. You didn't even get up and eat breakfast. No. You could have probably found 30 minutes to get up and do something. See, see, time is a resource that God gives us. So how re it's not how much of a resource I have. It's how resourceful am I. If you get up one hour early every day, it will give you an entire month of eight-hour working days extra you would have 30 extra working days, not 24-hour periods, but eight 38-hour days that you could add to your calendar. So you wouldn't just have 12 months to get stuff done. You would have 13 months to get stuff done by just getting up. So let's say you get up 30 minutes early and start. 
That's 15, a half a month. You got 12 and a half months to do what you don't have time to do just because you got up 15, 15, uh, 30 minutes early. Where there is, my mama used to say this, where there is a, there is a, what's your will? Your decision-making resource. Okay, I'm setting you up. Right? Look at your neighbor, he's setting you up. So I'll give you a little assignment when you leave here today. But now let's get into this. I want to hit these three real quick. Well, not real quick. That's my purpose. It's not to do it quick today. Say, I can't do it quick today. So these three beliefs, if you will establish them, they will give you the power to do what I've been talking about to get in there and set the gap. What is the gap? Here's my standard, but it will give you the ability to raise the standard and go for it. So a decision is when I get a strategy and I change my story. There was a, a girl that, uh, a 13-year-old girl that gave birth to a baby. And because she couldn't take care of that baby, she had her grandmother take care of that baby most of the time. The father was out of the picture. And this girl, before she was 13, had been molested and raped at least three times or more before she was 13, the baby was. Now, when she was 13, she became pregnant and gave birth to a stillborn baby. Now, what does that mean? That baby was deceased, but she carried it its full term and it was born. Went through the whole labor process and it's a dead baby. That girl, obviously, you would think, what would you think her life would be like? Because then she went crazy. My God, all she'd been through, sure. And she got so out there in her life that they had to put her in a home for her psychological state, a, a clinic that, to live there. But she didn't want to live there. She's still just 13. The last time she's about 15 or 16. And then some man she didn't even really know came and claimed her as his daughter and got her free of that and got her out. Now, when you look at that, that young baby to a girl to a young teenager, all of that events happened, what would you think would happen to her? I mean, that's a bad deal, right? Is that a bad deal? Well, you know who that young woman was? Oprah Winfrey. Huh? I mean, I shared it with you a couple weeks ago. That's Oprah, 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 O-P-A. That's Oprah with H. That's Oprah Winfrey. Now, you don't have to agree with her philosophy or whatever, but I think she's done one or two things in her life. Anybody think she's accomplished a few things? So, so what are you saying? Change your story, change your life. Change your story, change your life. You can't live in your future till you leave your history. And how do I do that? I get a strategy. Like, for instance, there's thousands of strategy to get healthy. There's thousands of strategies to improve your relationships. There's thousands of strategies to make money. Remember, I taught you several years ago, and I remind you quite often, success is a science. Fulfillment is an art. To have both, you've got to understand them and have strategies for them. So if I want to change anything in my life and want to change my life, number one, I got to get a strategy. If I 
got a strategy of someone that had this amazing chocolate cake for 20 years and it's now on the market and it's making millions of dollars. It's the best chocolate cake in the world. And they give me the exact perfect recipe to make it. And I follow that recipe perfectly. What kind of chocolate cake would I have? Shout on the count of three, everybody shout it out. One, two, three. Oh my God, people. That's sad. I, I don't know. Maybe, Lord, I don't know. I see what you're working with. On the count of three, if I have a perfect recipe, let me help you. Pee, 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 pee. If I, if I have a perfect recipe, I follow it perfectly. What kind of outcome will I get? It will be a now, let's give God a hand for helping us with that. So what's that say? Any strategy that's good, if you do it, you'll get good results with that strategy. So strategy can't be an excuse. We got trainers in here. How many physical trainers or health professionals that train to help people stand up real quick? Stand up in here. Stand up, stand up, stand up more. So here's two, three, I don't know, I can't see everybody, several in here right now. You got people sitting among you that could change your life physically, you know. Now you'll have to pay for it because they had to study and train to get ready for you. But if you ain't got no skin in the game, you won't stay in the game, I'm just saying. Thank y'all, y'all can be seen. So here, let me have, so there's strategies for everything, but you got to find the strategy that works. Now, number two, you got to change your story. In other words, I started telling myself, I used to get up when I ran multiple businesses. When I was 21 to 28, I would get up at 4.30 every morning. It didn't matter if I was out all night till one in the morning. I'd get up at 4.30 every morning, drive in three different states to run my multiple businesses and come home. If I got three hours sleep, that's fine with me. I'd get up every morning at 4.30, eat breakfast, do it again. Day out for seven years. That's what I loved. I had a passion for it. I loved it. Then later, I take that into ministry, but then after a while, kids and stuff, you kind of like, yeah, eight o'clock's coming, uh, seven o'clock's coming. Uh. And I got to say, and I hate morning people. They're perky and happy. You're perky and happy at six in the morning. The sun's not out. How could you be happy? And you know what I had to do? I'm not gonna have the time or the energy to change my energy and my passion if I don't change my story about morning stuff. So I had to say, by faith, right? So faith is the substance hope for the evidence things not seen, right? By faith and strategy, a strategy to work the faith, I had to make a incision to the matter to change my story. And I started putting my shoes there and getting up. And I didn't just set it back for an hour early. I set it back for two hours earlier every day. And so I get up every morning, 5.30, 5.30 morning. And I have my shoes there and I just get up and walk. Just get up and walk. Come back, start getting in my devotions, studying, start working on my strategy for the day. I sleep about five and a half hours a night. I feel better than I do if I get nine hours sleep. I just keep, why, 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 why? I made an incision to close the gap, the only way I could close the gap with that decision was what? Change my story. And not say, I can't stand, you know, morning people. Now I say, I am a morning person. 
I used to say, well, you know, I'm getting up earlier. Well, how is it? Uh, I'm doing it. Then God convicted me, and I said, wait a minute. No, come on now. Call those things that are not as though they are. Even you, Dalton. That's what I do to you, Dalton, so do it to yourself. Okay, Lord. I am a morning person. Yeah, I am. I am. A, now I really am a morning person. What? I had to change my story. And that's what this wheel does. It gives you something to put a strategy there to change your story. Now, let me give you this real quick. Philippians 4.13 is the scripture for this series. Philippians 4.13. Now, now, what does it say? I, who? I can do what? All things through who? Who? I can do what? All through who? Who does what? So the way we look at that scripture a lot of times, I know I have over the years, I just jumble it together depending on my circumstance of what I need Christ for, right? And so sometimes it's like, if I don't feel confident and have enough faith for a matter, I lean a little more over on Christ's side, right? But see, Paul knew his identity. He knew, he knew his standard. His standard was he was a child of God. His identity was he was a spirit who had a soul, decision-making power, living in a body. Because he said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, I pray for your whole, W-H-O-L, spirit, soul, and body that it be found blameless in that day. He knew his identity as a child of God. And he knew with his identity in God that his daddy could do anything. And if he's his daddy's boy, if he works hard enough and uses his daddy's strategy and lives under the story that his daddy created him in, in his image and likeness, then there wasn't anything he couldn't do. The reason most Christians can't do what Paul could do is because most Christians didn't live and believe and have the belief system Paul had. Paul felt certain about the meaning of his identity. So he started it out like this. He said, who can? I can do. Who can? I can do. What? Now, now, now let's stop it right there. Let's don't use through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but preacher, you know, Preacher, you know, you know, I, I just don't know because, you know, I have to have Jesus to get me up in the morning. I don't see him there turning your alarm clock on and off for you. Well, I, I just have Jesus to lead me every day. I think you're the one putting gas in that car and driving your little self to work. And that's certainly not Jesus' voice on your little navigation system. It's, I think you're the one doing that. See, remember we talked about the success curve, failure curve? What is that? A success curve is when I take responsibility for whatever what you got to do, Chris. No, I take responsibility for what Dalton's got to do. And if it don't work out, I don't blame it on Chris and Sean. It's Dalton's business. Success curve is when I live in a place where I don't blame others, but I take full responsibility for me and my actions. A failure curve, which is what 95% of all people on the planet live in, is when their life is constantly spiraling like this and it's failing because they don't take responsibility. Why is that? Well, there are several reasons, and part of that are the three beliefs I gave you last week. If you want to have sustained change, sustained transformation, you've got to get these three beliefs and make them part of your arsenal. 
Anybody remember what the first belief is? It comes off that verse of scripture. What is the first belief? Number one belief to change things, to give you long-lasting transformation. Anybody on the count of three, if you know it, if it's one person, shout it out. One, two, three. This must change. Oh, I like that. One more time. This must change now. What must change now? This. See, see you gotta have a belief that you're not just big bone or that you don't have enough time to put a financial plan together or, or you don't have enough skill or strategy to do a career change or a job or start a business or a ministry. No, no, no. You got to change your story. You got to get a strategy, change your story. So, so, so what are you doing there? You got to make a decision that it's not just in my head. I'm going to write this down because pastor said, this, if I believe this must change now, and I just speak that out everywhere I go, this must change now, this must change now, this must change. It don't mean squat. Miss <laughs> Gwen, I know everybody's real religious and holy here, but I'm going to ask him a question and see. I want to ask you, if, thing, if it's an okay day, do you feel it? If you're having an okay day, how do you feel? If it's a day that just ticked you off, it, S-U-C-K-S, sucks. It, everything went bad that could go bad. Everything went wrong. Why is everybody picking on me? I mean, that kind of day, right? And you get angry. How do you feel? Does it make you even angrier when people say, don't you think you're a little angry right now? <laughs> So I tear their head off and spit down her throat. <laughs> but then I repent. So I'm not in prison. I'm doing all right, Tony. Does anybody, when you're mad, feel mad? Yes. Well, about eight of you do. Does anybody feel mad when you're mad? Yes. So what is that? That's a standard. Now, I don't, did anybody in here have to have a strategy, be trained, go to school to learn how to be mad. Oh, you didn't. Hmm. What about when you are blown away? This is the most amazing day of your life. I mean, Lee, it couldn't get any better. I mean, it's like she said, yes, brother. How did you feel that day? Yahoo. <laughs> Lee felt Yahoo. That's pretty good. Birthday time, you might have to step it up. But, but I appreciate the effort, though. But, but, but yeah, how, how do you feel on that day? So does happiness have a feeling? Yes. Now, who decides what you believe makes you happy or mad? Yeah, you do, right. What do you do when something makes you mad? One of the things that makes Pastor Steph mad, I got the microphone, she don't. It don't really make her mad, it just bothers her. And I don't do it anymore, so it's fine. But we got this Vitamix mixer, it's a big black mixer for fruit. She's, yeah, see it got her going right there. She's like, yes, and she's like, yes. And so I'm like being good, I'm doing my protein shakes, I'm doing all and I got this, and I clean it out. I do everything, clean it out, wipe that, but I don't slide it under the counter. Now it's clean. But it didn't slid under the counter. So, I mean, it's like two, three weeks into this thing, and she's like, hmm, honey, you know what? Wait a minute, you know, something really bothers me. Uh, you don't slide that Vitamixer back under 
Michelle, under the cabinet. I'm like, what? Let me give you five things you don't freaking do either. But no, no. I thought, that's an easy win, Sean. Sometimes you gotta pick your battles, right? That's an easy one. I can, Dalton can handle that. There's not a day goes by that if I'm walking away to study and I think I gotta make another shake at 10, I'll come out, oh, Dalton's got that. So I'm doing this for weeks. Feeling good about my one day, Tony. One time out of 30. Hey, honey, did you forget something? I'm not a, I'm not a bird dog. I'm not hunting. Honey, did you forget something? What? And I'm thinking, oh, God, did I not make that deposit I was supposed to make? Did I not pick something up at the store? What? What? Now, I wasn't full of joy, Miss Essie, right then. I wanted to, but I'm like, Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's smart. See, yeah, you got God didn't raise a dummy, you know. He did. So, 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 I know a strategy to keep her happy, right? And and she's got those with me. She worked me. But what is it? I know what will pull her trigger in a positive way or a negative way. Whose choice is it? My choice. So the key in understanding this principle is if I am going to operate at a level, then I got to figure out what the standard is. Not a lot, but it, a lot of those little things add up, right? So, so what are you saying, preacher? When you know the standard, then you can put a strategy together. And when you put a strategy together, what can you do? You put a strategy together, you can change your story. And when you change your story, what all of a sudden happens, faith kicks in, you get some positive results, and it changes your state, how you feel. Because remember, your feelings are physical. Your feeling comes from your thoughts. Your thoughts come from what you focus on. Let me give you a clue. Never allow your goofy mind to answer any questions. You ask the question. You tell your goofy mind what the question is. Because it will try to find all kinds of crazy calculations, you know, for you. That's a whole nother message. Let me get these three beliefs real quick because we're getting kind of late here. So the first belief on the count of three, say it one more time for everybody that wasn't here last week. One, two, three. This, not should, could or would change. We're not full of should. Got to kick the should out. This, what, must. What must? This, whatever's on your wheel. This must change now. Now, what, what's the second belief you got to have on the count of three? Shout it out for us. One, two, three. This is a little longer. I'm proud of you, though. You're good. One more time. Let's get it on the count of three, and then you'll do it in rhythm. One, two, three. Right. So, what is it? I must change this now. Or you could put it, whichever preposition you want in there. 
I must change it. Now, what's it? This. I must change this now. Anybody remember the third belief? On the count of three. One, one, two, three. Shout it out. Ooh, kick that T off and you got a can, right? On the count of three, real loud. This is the last time. One, two, three. I can change this now. Before I can really activate my faith, I got to step into my identity and I got to make a decision, an incision, and I got to make these three beliefs part of my DNA that this must change now. I can change it now. I mean, it must change now. I must change it now. And then the third one is, I can change this now. Now, when you get to that part, I can do all things. See, I'm getting you primed now. You can do what all things? This, it, this, it. I can do this. I must do this. I will do this. I, I, I can do this. What? I must. This. I can do all what things. Now when you come to that second half of that scripture, you got some momentum, Jack. I'm just saying God is looking for you. He's looking for you that can get past those first four or five words. He's looking for the one that say, I can do all things. That's, a, that's the one he wants to work with. Not a coulda, shoulda, woulda, maybe someday. He's not looking for a maybe. He's looking for a yes. I can do all, but that's his pride. Well, then you're probably broke. You know, when we look at money and we say, well, I don't want to be like those rich people. Well, why don't you want to be like those rich people? Well, probably because what was modeled to you growing up. And those people with all that money, they don't live the way they should live or they don't have the values you and your family has or whatever. But, but see, you, whatever's modeled to you and whatever you receive that you believe and are, have a certain feeling about it, that's as far as you'll go with it. But I thought God wanted you and I to live with what? No limits. If I have more, can I give more? So is it selfish for me not to give more? See, see, it's a belief. What is the belief you have? Because God said that we prosper, what? In all things, even as what? Our soul prospers. What's your soul? Your mind, will, emotions, your decision-making resource. I can't prosper beyond my thinking because if I'm not thinking right, I won't believe right. And if I'm not believing right, I can't access faith right. Now, now let me wrap up with you because I'll get into this next, next week. I'm going to talk to you about a big stick next week. But let me just get this in your spirit. I want this in your spirit. So when you look at faith, Mark hit this a few weeks ago, which is great. Faith without what is dead. Faith without works is dead. Work involves what? Doing something, right? Faith without works is dead dead. So it's really not even faith if it doesn't have an action to it. That's what OPA is. Outcome, purpose, and action. 
But if you really want transformation, you need to add an M to it. Massive action. Take a, just go all out for 30 days. Just go all out for 30 days. And then you get the momentum, and then the action isn't as big a deal. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. So, look. When we think about faith, Abel, Cain's brother, brought offerings to God. The Bible says Abel worshiped God through his giving. So faith, by faith, Abel worshiped. By faith, Abel walked in worship by faith. Get this. Now we come to Enoch. Anybody remember Enoch? He was and he was not. He walked with God and one day God just took him to heaven, right? Enoch walked by faith. Abel worshiped by faith. Enoch walked by faith. Now the one I want to talk to you about the next five minutes about and we'll get into him more next week is Noah. Noah worked by faith. Now, are any one of those three statements, do they all have an action, a verb in them or whatever it is, right? An action, right? So it can't even be faith without an action. Abel worshiped by faith. Enoch walked by faith. And Noah worked by faith. Let me give you one scripture in Hebrews eleven seven. Hebrews eleven seven. And I'm just gonna give you a quick little overview thingy here. And then, here, I got it in here. Let's get it to here. And then next week, we're gonna go deeper into it. So Hebrews eleven seven. 7, here it is. By faith, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things, what not yet seen. Because faith is substance hoped for, the evidence of things what not seen seen. So by faith, Noah being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved, a little action there, moved with what? Not just fear, but godly fear. And what did he do? His work. Prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of God according to faith. Now, let's just talk about that scripture for a few minutes, then we'll pray. What did Noah do by faith? Shout it at me. What? What? So, can you have faith without? Huh? Doesn't James chapter 2 say faith without works is? Yeah. So, I want to ask you a question. As a woman, as a man, as a leader, or the head of your household, are you hearing things from God that affect how you move? Noah heard from God. And when he heard from God, it affected how he moved. Actually, he was foolish for God because it didn't even rain. The earth was uh, watered by dew coming up from the ground. And God told him to build an ark What's well, an ark? Start, and I'll let you in on it, but get you, go start cutting trees down. And as he started the pattern, God gave him more, and he built an ark on his property to what? To save his household. 
and to be righteous before God. So what happens is you got to build a life, or I would advise you to build a life that God can bless. And the life that God blesses is a life that hears the voice of God and does it. That's what faith is. Now think about it. Noah's faith, oh, this is so good. I'm going to preach the daylights out of this next Sunday. Can't wait. Let's give you a little introduction. Noah's faith affected his intelligence. Jesus. His thinking. See, stop the old story, you know, well, they're just wealthy because they got an inheritance or maybe they, their family's very educated, made sure they all went through engineering school and they just, or they had an uncle that had a great opportunity to the business and got him in. Kill that story, dude, or you're going to die broke, live broke, and be remembered broke. Right. Well, you know, money, you know, money's evil. Give me your money. Because then we could feed 300,000 people a week. <laughs> then we wouldn't have to pay for the, the, the interest to the bank. We'd just be debt free. And then we could just take 100% of our tithe and offering and help the needy and the broken and disciple people. How selfish it is to say it's okay being poor. Now, just because you don't have money doesn't mean you're poor. Right? Just like, like uh, being humble just doesn't mean you're humble because you're poor. I know people where my mama's buried up on the graveyard in Calf Creek that there's a school bus there with a coal stove coming out. I don't know how many kids they got living in it, but at least they did have. And you know what? You go knock on that brother's door and say, I want to help you out. He'd probably take you out because he's too proud to receive anything from you. This is his school bus, his coal stove, his family. Leave him the you-know-what alone. (laughs) Now, is that pride? Yes, it is, isn't it, Lee? So you can be broke and have pride. You can be rich financially and be poor. Because if you don't have fulfillment, what good is it to have success? That's the people that usually commit suicide or, or, or they sabotage it and end up broke. So what are you saying, preacher? Noah, get this down, Noah's faith in fact affected his intelligence. His faith became a communicating device with God, the God of all creation. Just think, he had God talking to him. You have God living in you. And because of the communication Noah could get from God through the vehicle of faith going into the unseen realm with certainty of feeling and knowing to get something you haven't even seen, it gave him an unfair advantage. See, you looking at everybody at work and pouting because she got promoted, he got promoted, they got promoted, and I'm still at my desk. Well, be thankful you're at a desk with that story because you probably won't be long. You better change your story. And you better start getting up a little earlier, getting, getting your emotional, physical energy up, start getting you and studying yourself some strategies. You can go on YouTube, man, and study anything on YouTube and learn from professors or whoever you need to learn from, business owner, and you need to get a strategy and change your story and get your state, what state? A state of faith, of knowing and trusting God. Hearing. How do you get faith? By hearing the word. 
by hearing it and hearing it. But if I just hear it and I don't do anything with it, it ain't faith. It's just knowledge. So faith gives you an unfair advantage in relationships, in hobbies, in career, and even in ministry. But faith without works is dead. Let me help you. I want to abbreviate for you because it's getting late. God ain't, I said ain't just to get your attention. And I like ain't. Just sorry from Eastern Kentucky. God ain't going to do your work for you. Not going to happen. I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. We can strengthen you all you want, but if you're not going to do anything, it don't matter how strong you are. Just be a strong man that's bound, that's all. Samson was a strong man and he is bound. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is this now? What is this now? What are you saying, preacher? What are you saying? When you have faith, God will tell you things that haven't happened yet that will happen. Well, I just don't know. This same-sex marriage stuff and use the same bathrooms. My goodness, all these credit cards and now you can just go around and use your money on your iPhone and now there's some places their companies are putting chips inside them and, and they can go out and experiment and just wave their chip underneath the skin in their hand and buy their groceries. How long have you been saved? You know this. Why are you frightened? It's the meaning you give to it. What did Jesus say? What did the Bible say? It will be in the last days as it was in the days of who? 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 So even though it's in the last days, if I know that's what happened, then what happens after the final day? Anybody know? What happens after the final day of all things? What happens? Oh, Lord, we're going to have to preach on eschatology, I guess. Christ comes. You can be pre, post, trib, whatever kind of trib you want. You just better help you get taken up with Jesus. If you hadn't suffered enough, you can probably stay and suffer a little longer. I'm out on the first trip. That's, you can stay there how long you want. Dalton's out of here. I may be like Enoch. I was and I is not. I'm gone. It's fine with me. Give me a ticket, baby. I'll fly. Uh, uh, What meaning are you giving to these days? Oh, God, what's my kids going to do? Well, maybe you train your little children to be men of God and women of God. Train them to be the kind of fathers and husbands and wives they need to be. Maybe you do something since you know something. Faith gives you knowledge of things that are to come personally, politically, spiritually, anyway, anything that affects you. Faith 
gives you the opportunity to access that knowledge from God. It's written in the Bible anyway. It just gives you an opportunity to find it. So look at this. He will show you just like he did in Noah's time. He did this for Noah and didn't live inside of Noah. But in Noah's time, what did he do? In Noah's time, Noah saw things other people didn't see. And that's what saved his family. I don't think Noah was so concerned about saving the world. I think he's concerned about saving his children and his children's children more than the world. That was enough buy-in for Noah. That was enough why, purpose, big stick for Noah. And he, you know what? Sometimes with faith, you look foolish because you talk to things and things don't talk back. You talk to that growth in your body that's got to go. You talk to that migraine, that thing in your head that's got to go. You, you, you talk to that thing dating your daughter that's got to go. You, you, you talk to that, that chick that's got to go. You, 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 you talk to that, that job that's got to go and you got to get another job. You, you, you start talking to that body. You start talking to that bank account. You, you, you might be foolish. You, oh, that's scriptural too, Lee. The foolish things confound the who? wise you will know things that others don't know and it's an unfair advantage for you and your household if you will work it I got in because I'm, I'm, I'm this word warning I mean you're like preacher you he, he, he got all that faith. You need to get the next part of that verse, preacher. What part, sir? Oh, you, you, you know that thing about uh, warning and fear? So, 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 so he was warned about things to come. Yeah, he was warned. He was warned in a way to give him the opportunity and God gave him the strategy that he could beat what was coming his way, just as he did with you and I. And then, and then see, if you take seriously being warned of things not yet seen, you will be working towards what is ahead of you and not behind you. So, so if you want to get ahead of a matter, if you want to get ahead of the game, then, then you do it through faith and you take what God gives you like this. See, 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 the key is, are you here just to be here out of guilt or entertained or are you here to receive something that is a tool for you to go use in your life and in your world and in your community? The Bible says that Noah, Rory, was moved with fear. Now, this is a different kind of fear. Fear is given to every human being. If we didn't have a certain amount of fear, we'd walk off a cliff just to see if it hurt, and we'd be dead, right? We'd jump off a skyscraper just to see if we could fly and realize I'm, I'm like everybody else. I can't fly either, but be dead. Fear is not, fear is what you give meaning to. Some people could come out here and say, oh, I'm scared to speak. I'm scared, but I know God's called me to speak. Well, I take fear and let it get my adrenaline going and my desire to, to, to serve you at a higher level. And the more the enemy puts fear on me, I just dance with it and turn it into faith. And then it makes me even more anointed. You, you got to learn to dance with it. Don't fight it and run from it. Face it. Greater is he who is in me than any 
any stupid thing in this world, including unbelief. That's hot, preacher. That's hot. So, are you spending too much time trying to fix your yesterday? Are you living in your yesterday? Are you living in your old story? Are, are you waiting for God to come off his throne in heaven to bring his hammer and nails for you to build your ark? Because he's not coming until he said, when he said he would come. And then it's too late to build your ark. What does the ark represent? Everything you are, everything you have, everything you possess, everything, your family, everything. Your future, your hope. So I want to challenge you this week. Get your hammer and nails out. Get your stick out. Get your leverage out. Because if you don't focus on this stuff and you're just letting it build up and you don't make a decision you don't come to the realization to see where you are right now, what your standard is and what you really want your standard to be. And then you mark out here whatever topic it is. And then you put over here one to 10 where you're at. Because we did this illustration. Can y'all put that back up, guys? We're getting ready to pray, but put it back up. The, the little jagged wheel thing, the, the new one. But on mine, you can see it. They'll probably get it up in a minute. But see, if I went around here and put one to 10 on all these, say I'm at a, where I'm at right now, so if I'm at a three on my health and I'm at a five on my finances, but I'm at a two maybe on relationships, whatever it is. Now, if I had to be, use that as the wheel, look how jagged that is. And that's why people live such bumpy lives. They don't have the balance. It's Maybe you're great with your career, but horrible with your family. Maybe you're good with your career and your family, but you're horrible with your health. Whatever it is, maybe you're great with your health, your family, your career, but you're horrible with your spiritual walk with God and eternity. And then what are you going to do? Bump, bump, bump. So, so you got you to get running, baby. You got to get moving. You got to get momentum where every, all cylinders are going and start bringing those low levels up before you worry about taking those other levels out to 10. Start bringing those low levels up. So that's what I want to challenge you with this week. What is it? Pick one or two or three of those and just say, I'm going to work on it. And I'll put a strategy together. Get a strategy. Get a strategy. And when you get that strategy, work the strategy. Because we cannot expect God to come out of heaven to get us out of debt. It's, it's kind of like getting out of debt is like losing weight. Lose weight, eat less. Eat less, do more. Get out of debt, spend less, work more. Not work more, spend more. Spend less, work more. I don't have enough time to work anymore. I don't know. If they told you that your kids were gonna be put in prison in 30 days if you were not out of debt, and they were gonna put your prison, isn't that what they did in the Old Testament, right? Remember that? The woman that was the widow woman and she had no other way. Her husband and a good prophet died and they were going to put their kids in prison in a debt service to be a slave for someone that they owed money to. I wonder, Chris, for everybody in here that their heart's messed up, they're living in sugar, with sugar diabetes and they have no energy, they walk in fear, they're afraid to even look at something, the price of it. I, I wonder... 
if that burden was lifted off them and their chin was up, their chest was out and they could get the health care they needed they could take care of their family they could enjoy the day not going around hungering like what come in the mail and, and they, I, I think they might live longer they definitely have a better quality of life what are you saying preacher? you don't need more resources if you're breathing today and can put two sentences together you're fine so I, I'm not the pet you preacher so that, there's some around I'm not that one I'm the results preacher big R baby I'm out to get something better out of you than you ever got on your own I am here to deliver for you the Holy Spirit the power and the faith of God for you to get what you never got anywhere else that's what I'm out for so listen yeah that's good So if they were going to take your kids and put them in a debt prison in 30 days, you may not be able to even do anything then to pay it all off, but could you find more time to address toward the problem? So it all gets back to how much pain you want to have. You're going to have pain. You live in a cursed world. The key is, are you going to take that pain and work it for your good or are you going to take that pain and just suffer more? I mean, there's mornings I get up and I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, God, 530, oh, Lord. I just got to do it. I'm going to think, oh, it's going to take me a half mile just to get loose. I stretched, but I didn't stretch. So I'm, and then, man, mile and a half into it, I'm like, ooh, I might go four today. I might go five today. I'm, but the old story would have just, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it instead of seven days a week, I'll do it five or three or every other day. Change your story. Change your state. What's your state? Your faith or lack thereof. But you got to take responsibility. You, not your spouse, your cat, your dog, your kids. You take responsibility for who you are at right now. We can all sit here and tell reasons why things didn't work out the way they should. It's time to kick the should out. Don't want to hear no more should. It's a bunch of should. Kick it out. Start telling your mind a new story. No more shoulda, coulda, woulda. No, no. I must. I will. I can. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. So what is it that you need a must for? At least pick one thing that you need a must for. Bow your head and close your eyes right now. I'm getting ready to pray. And before we do, I just want you to really look at what is it that you said of, of 10 things, six or 10, ever how many things would be around your wheel? What is the one thing that takes the most energy from you that you have to fight over with worry more than ever? that brings more fear, depression, whatever it is you gotta battle. See, if we're always battling something that we're never working to change, the battle's just, battle's just gonna get bigger because you're not doing anything to take the fight to the enemy. What is that one thing? It's your health, your finances, your family, your walk with God, whatever it is. I want you to get it, I want you to put it in, I want you to see yourself. If it's financial, I want you to just sit there and imagine what would it be like to be debt-free? 
What would it be like to be debt free? What could you give and contribute to you, people you love and to the community and to the world? What could you give? What what would it be like to have about 400% of the energy you have right now? Not 50, 400% of the energy, strength, clarity in your mind, in your body, pain out of your body. What would it mean to have 400% more energy than you have right now? Begin to look at that. What would it be like for your marriage to go from a two to a 10? That your marriage is like people envy your marriage. It's so just see yourself. What would it be like? Maybe you're single. That if you prepared yourself to attract the most awesome person in your life that you only dreamt of before, but you're ready for it, you attract them and you're not gonna break it. You're gonna live it. They're the right... What would it look like? How would you spend your days? How would you spend your time? What would it look like if your children got free from whatever it is that's holding them back? Because you got to take responsibility. We model things or we allow them to be modeled. But that's okay. God forgives us, right? I've blown it many times with my kids. God forgives us. So the thing is, once you're forgiven, move on. That's history. Now move into the new story. What's it going to be like with your grandkids, your great-grandkids? What's it going to be like with the anointing, your ministry? Well, I'm called to ministry. Okay, Lord, you called me, you anointed me. Now give me a word. It's not his responsibility to give you a word. It's your responsibility to study to show yourself approved. When you study to show yourself approved, he'll give you a word. But you've got to work. You've got to do something. Nothing's for free except the grace of God. And that's it. But it wasn't free. It cost God everything. It cost him his son. So on the count of three, I want you to jump up and say yes as loud as you can. If you have picked something, one thing, let's say, one thing that you're going to start Monday morning, if nothing else, you're going to take two or three days to get a strategy, but then you're going to just start something. Not huge, but you're going to start something. If you've got that one thing, but I want you to say with the energy of it's already finished because faith means it's finished. And now we still got to put the action and work it. But you're just saying right now, maybe I don't totally believe it. I'm still frightened of it, whatever. But I'm going to jump up here on the count of three and I'm going to say yes as loud as I can. Just throw your hands up and say yes as loud as you can. And I promise you, just you doing that for your situation, even though you don't have a strategy right now, or maybe you do, or even though you don't have the energy right now, or whatever it is, don't worry about that. It's about you making a decision. If you make the decision to do it, you'll get the strategy. You'll, you'll, you'll get the, the, the state. You'll get all of the story. You'll get the state. If you're ready to rewrite a story, a brand new story about one key area of your life. If that's you, on the count of three, just jump up and say yes as loud as you can. You getting ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Come on. Shout, Jesus.